Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Galatians 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Now I say that the heir, as long as is a child, differeth not from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Now, we established that last week that it is growth that delivers the inheritance. That no matter how much God has for you, He cannot commit it into your hands if you don't grow up. In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, the Bible says, I commend you unto God and to the word of His grace that is able to build you up and then give you your inheritance. God wants to build you up First, he wants you to grow up first before he hands over your inheritance to you. No matter his plans for your life, no matter his purpose for your life, no matter how great they are, no matter how God is passionate to see you walk in your inheritance, so long as you refuse to grow up, God's hands are tied. He cannot give them to you. You have an inheritance in Christ. In the book of Romans Chapter 8, verse 17, the Bible says that we are joint heirs. Romans chapter 8, verse 17, we are joint heirs with Christ. Romans 8, verse 17, give me passion translation and help me do more. Romans 8, verse 17, passion translation. The Bible says that we are joint heirs, and if children then hears, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. What does passion say? Help me. And since we are his children, and since we are his children, we qualify to share all we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, For indeed we are heirs of God we himself. Are of God himself. Continue. And since we are joined to Christ, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is. Everything that Christ is and all that he and has. all that he has. So the Bible says that everything that Christ is, everything that belongs to Christ belongs to us. Everything that belongs to Christ. You have an inheritance in Christ. You are not someone without an inheritance. The moment you are a child of God, automatically, the Bible says, if anyone being in Christ is already heirs according to the promise, the promise that God gave to Abraham. The moment you give your life to Christ, you have an inheritance in Christ. If you are born into the family of Erismo, sorry, um, Erismos, if you are born in the family of Erismos, Eh? Erimos. You don't know him. Erimos, if you are born into his family, you have an inheritance. Three dangote is one Erimos. So the moment you are born to his family, you have an inheritance, but no matter how big and massive that inheritance is, God cannot commit to you what belongs to you if you don't grow up. Committing an inheritance to the hands of a child before he grows up is dangerous. You know, there are things that I had access to when I was young that I wish I didn't have access to them. I wish I had access to them now. For instance, my, there's a picture of my father when he was 20, 25, around 25 and 30 that I had when I was about 14 years old. I love that picture because I look almost exactly like him. But I've lost it. This is why I lost that picture. That, that picture came to me in my life at the time of my life when I was a child. When you hand over treasures to children, they'll throw it away. There are things that I had access to when I was young. My mother's diary. My mother died a mentally disturbed woman. She was, a, she was terribly mentally broken down and in that terrible state in her heart she kept writing all her pains and she wrote it down in her diary and I asked, asked I had access to that diary when I was 14 and I lost it imagine 
what that daddy would have meant to me if I had it now. Are you following my point? There are many things that came to me when I was young that I wish came to me now. There's this sermon by Daddy Umaupa. Side A and side B is a cassette player. I have done everything possible to get that sermon again. It is the most powerful sermon. It steered my heart as a young believer in my teenage years. But I have lost that cassette. I wish I had access to that cassette now. If you expose a child to an inheritance too early, because they don't have the proper sense of value for it, they would misuse it. They would misplace it. When my father died, I was five days after my 15-year-old, my father died. My elder brother, who was about 22 years old then, and you see, my father was a senior custom officer. He lived very large. He was a chief in Owabeokuta. He lived very large. My father was so traditional that every Friday morning, talking drummers would come into our compound to wake him up, wake him up with African drums. That's how my father lived. He's, 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 he has a palacious living room to himself and a very big bedroom. I, I can't remember entering my father's bedroom more than 10 times. Bedroom. I could only have faint memory of what his bedroom looks like. But it was very, what we know it was very big. He had a big TV there, 25 inches big TV those days, you know. <laughs> but it was very palacious. So when he died, my elder brother was about 22 years old then. He was in 400 level civil engineering. My uncle came from Avelkuta and said that my elder brother should move into my father's bedroom. Now, People were like, no, no, this is not right. This is not proper. This guy is not He says, no, your father's died. Move into it. So my brother, who was not trained, moved into my father's bedroom. That was the end of his life. He never went to school again. I'm telling you. 400 level civil engineering. He started investing in Nigeria here. Never graduated. I was in SS2 when my father died. I went, did philosophy, did law, graduated. But my brother who was exposed to that level of luxury, you see, because he was not taught discipline before he was exposed to luxury, it would lead to destruction. When people are exposed to a certain level of luxury before they have, made, they have developed the character to sustain that level of luxury, they are going to miss it. That's what happened to the prodigal son. Had so much money at his, at his, at his disposal, but did not learn the culture that builds wealth. They're going to waste it. My brother wasted that opportunity. Indeed, I mean, he was living. My father's room had an AC. Well, how many, how many ACs? People have ACs in nineties. He will own the AC like this in the room in the afternoon. Before you knew, they went to bring him one illiterate girl from a Francophone African country. He married that girl. No work. He began to. He, 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 by the time he, ah, Jesus, he almost destroyed, because we all left the house for him. When people from environmental came, the refuse in our house was as tall as the fence. Bible said, when I passed by the house of a lazy man, he said, all his walls are broken down. He said, then I saw and I had a learning that a little sleep, a little slumber, so will your poverty come like an armed man. He had no job. And he had a house. Are you following my point? Now, because he was exposed to that kind of inheritance. At the age when he had not learned the discipline. That inheritance destroyed him. All his friends graduated. He didn't graduate. If my brother calls me now, maybe I might be asking for 2K. I'm telling you. There are students in school. Couldn't pay their school. We that were small, small, we were 14 years, 15 years at that time, we were small, but now we have grown up. We have moved up that. Just that those of us that, were, that didn't have access to AC room, that were squatting around in, on campus, we were trying to build our life, reading our books, just to try to struggle to pass work, pass work, pass GC, pass jam, just enter university. Because there's no father. There's no, they are reminding you, you don't have father, you don't have father, you don't have father. So if your friends are, they are playing, they are doing a luta. When they are doing a luta, what are you doing? You are reading because these people, they have father. If anything happens, nobody will show up. Oh. You don't expose a child to a luxury at the tender age. It's going to destroy him. God doesn't expose you to that. Look at Exodus chapter 23, verse 29 
Exodus 23, verse 29. I want you to read that scripture for me, do more in King James, then we take it and amplify. Exodus 23, verse 29. What does it say? I will not drive them out from before. I will not drive them out from. Can you start from 24, from 22, so that we have a better context? Please help me. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice yes. and do all that I speak, yes. then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. I will be an enemy unto thy enemies. And an adversary unto thine enemies. An adversary, yes. For my angels shall go before thee yes. and bring thee in unto the Amorites. Now, the Bible is beginning to promise you now that my angels will go before you and bring you thee into the Amorites and the Ethites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Evites. And, just, and I will do what? Cut them off. I will cut them off. That's the promise. Is that a promise? Yes, sir. Is that a promise? Yes, sir. Answer me now, church. Yes, sir. God says, I'm going to do that for you. But what does verse 24 say? Help me. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods. Nor no, no, we missed the scripture. We missed what we're trying to read. Verse 29. I beg your pardon. Verse 29. I will not drive them out Now, from even though he promised that I was going to cut them off. Is that what he promised you? But it says, I will not drive them out before you in what? In one year. What will I do? Help me. Lest the land become desolate. Lest the land becomes desolate. And the beasts of the field multiply against And the beasts of the field multiply against What will I do? By little and little. Little by little. Yes. I will drive them out. I will drive them out. How? How will I drive them out? How will I drive them out? Little by little, I will drive them out from before the Until what? Thou be increased. Until thou be increased and inherit the land. So, when God wants to do something for us, he doesn't do it in a rush. He's saying as you are growing, as you are growing, as you are growing, so that you don't have too many vacant land available. Because if it drives out everybody, and you have not grown to fill the land, wild beasts will come, and there's no promise against wild beasts. You didn't get that. You see, there's a promise against the Perizzites. There's a promise against the Evites. There's a promise against the Jebusites. But the wild beast is that character fault in your life. That, that life of looseness that comes a life without restraint. Now you have all the money you can even think of. That life, it comes from inside. It's not an enemy without. Let me amplify for that version. Amplify. Help me. Verse 29 and 30. What does it say? 29 and 30. Help me. Amplified. I will not drive them out before you in a single year. Yes. So that the land does not become desolate due to lack of attention. Yes. And the wild animals of the field do not become numerous for you. Verse 30. Verse 30 down. I will drive them out before you little by little. Little by little. Until you have done what? Increased. And are what? Strong enough. Strong enough. So. You are saying, why is this taking too long? Why, but God promised me this. God says, I'm waiting for you. Ha, but God, you told me, they're going to cut off the press side. See, I'm going to cut off this side. These sides are sitting here. Look at them on that side. Look at them on that side. God says, if I cut out these guys, the land will become wide. And the wild beast will come. If you want God to do it faster, then you grow faster. You see, your growth is what's stopping God. The faster you grow, the faster God can do it. The faster you grow, the earlier you grow, the faster God can do it. God will not suffer you to go through a temptation that you don't have a capacity to overcome. The same way will not suffer you to enjoy a blessing that you don't have the capacity to handle. There's a blessing that can become a curse. If you bless a child with a car, it can become a curse. If you bless a child, you see the reason why some of us are struggling with all kinds of addictions now is that you add freedom to early in your life. Hmm? Are you following my points? You add freedom. The reason why you are dealing with Indian hemp now and you are dealing with all kinds of stuff now and crack is that your parents gave you liberty too early in your life. And you are the liberty of privacy. You see, there's something they call liberty of, they call it the burden of freedom. The prison of liberty. That you have the right to lock a door that is your room. You see my point? We. There is no place to hide to do anything. The whole house was full. No privacy. Now, you, you at that time, you're very angry. What's the meaning of this? Yeah, somebody, someone cannot even have a space to myself. It is that reason. That's why you're free today. 
That reason, the reason why you didn't have a space to yourself that time, is the reason why you are praying. People that have space to themselves now, they are under serious drug addiction. Because they had the right to hide. There was no place to hide in our house. I shall go someone's following you. Eh? What's happening there? You cannot play ball alone. You cannot eat alone. You cannot, you cannot even hide. If you hide anything under the mattress, somebody will find it. If you take a pornography magazine and you bring it home, you can be sure somebody will see it. Because before you come back, somebody has opened the blanket. If you mistakenly bring a CD home that you want to sneak, where will you sneak to watch it? If you never sneak to watch it, Nepal will take the light. The CD, you know what I'm talking about, Annie? That is why you were not able to leave the city. That is why you had to stay until Nepal bring light. When you could no longer stay, some of you now learned how to be technician. How to lose the CD. Because somebody is coming to find you out. But it was easier for some people. They had privacy. They could go where they wanted. Stay and say, Mom, you didn't, open, you didn't knock before you opened my door. Who bomb monkey banana? You. And I was just in my office. And, you know, I was saying about mental health issues. We were joking about with the content um, connect group folks. And I said, you know, when I hear about mental health and about parents abuse their parents, abuse their children, I used to laugh. I said, what? What do you call? Someone say, I'm going through a lot. So what happened to say, my, 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 my dad... My dad abused. He said, what did send me a long time? My dad abused. He said, my dad, my dad, he will call me stupid. He will call. I said, <laughs> Jesus. Your dad called you stupid. And so you, you are having a mental breakdown. Because your parents said so, so. I said, what? Oh my, I can't even tell you our childhood, what our childhood looked like. Some of us who have been hooligans, thank God for our parents that beat every demon out of us. That beat us. You see, my, my dad, my dad was so strategic with his beating that you cannot miss it. No matter how much he beat you, you never got used to it. It's, it's new every morning. If you beat, you see, some people, they get, they get used to, you never got used to my father's beating. The way we beat you today will be fresh. It will be fresh in your memory. If you play football, we had the first, first aid box in our house. It was not for help. It was for punishment. Now, if you, if you ever injured yourself, you had better heal yourself from outside. Because if you come home and my father sees that, you have, he will be very happy. Bring me the first aid box. You are going to play football. They will first take you off. They will peel open. And as they are peeling that wound, you dare not. Because I'm warning you. You knew this before you went to go and be doing rough play. So when they peel it out, they bring the spirit. They bring, that was what we get, went to. They, they can put your leg on lantern. Do you know lantern? If you play and you went and you went to step on a broken bottle, my father would take it and put it on lantern. There's something to call lakwa lakwa when we're small. Do you know lakwa lakwa? You guys don't know Lakwa Lakwa? Do you know Lakwa Lakwa? You see, Lakwa Lakwa is some form of, um, you don't know this thing, ringworm. When we had ringworm, I'm, and I'm not joking, when we had ringworm in those days, as a child, when they grab you like this, if it's on your head, they will first use blade to scrape the air so that the place can be open. Now, we had a coconut tree in our house. That coconut tree, they, will, they, will, they have, we had a lot of coconut They'll pick one of them, they open it. There's something like a sponge in coconut tree. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. They bring out that thing and use it to scrub the face of, until the teeth. You see when that thing is bleeding? It's bleeding like this. It's, they say, yes, they are very happy. When they see that blood is gushed, they say, yes, it's working. They will now take lime, that small orange, the juice. They, all the way where they are doing this, they are doing to you. You know, they have held your head like this. In the knee like this, like Elijah. When they held your head like that, there is nothing. All the way they are doing that, there's already a mala on fire. There's already a mala on fire. When they are done with that procedure, they will just take a mala. You see, hot a mala. The kind of race you are going to pick. If 
even the lapala can say, in my life, I will never come to this family again. So when I say they have mental breakdown, their parents talk to them, I'm wondering. Thank God for the parents that beat, I'm telling you, some of us would have been, would have been terrible. And what were we doing? Just small, just small. What, the, the beat us, they wanted to kill us. What did we do? Because just, they just sent us orange and we just used that time to branch. We just used branch to play football. Just from like 2 p.m. to like 6 p.m. Just, what, what, what did we do? We were just, they sent us sugar and uh, somehow, somehow the money was lost and somehow we did not even find it again. What did we do? <laughs> God wants you to grow up. He says, I will not give you the promise in one year. I will give it to you little by little. It is the speed of your growth that will determine the speed of your inheritance. God wants you to grow up little by little. Yeah, and that thing you must understand that there's a time allotted for this. Galatians 4 verse 1 says, Galatians 4 verse 3, help me do more. Galatians 4 verse 3, King James Version. Galatians 4 verse 3, King James Version. What does it say? Even so we, even so we, when we were children, give me verse 2 instead, verse 2. But he's under tutors and he's governors. He's under tutors and governors. Until the time so appointed. So the Bible says the there's a time appointed by the father. Are you following my points? There's a time that the father appointed for you to take your inheritance. There's a time. There's a time appointed. The Lord has set a time for you to take your inheritance. In the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says there's a time for every purpose. There's a time for everything. When God is looking at your life like this, he's already setting a time that by this so-so time, this person should have grown up to be able to take over or take charge what I have for him. Give me Luke chapter 1 verse 80. Luke chapter 1 verse 80. This person should have grown up. God wants to you to come into inheritance and he has set a time for it. So this is not an eternal thing. God has a time bound. Ah, that by this time, you should walk into it. What does it say? Luke chapter 1 verse 18. Help and me. the child grew. And the child grew. And walked strong in the spirit. And walked strong in the spirit. And was in the desert till the day of his showing. The Bible says he was in the desert till the day of his showing. So there's a day of your showing. Are you following my point? There's a day that God has appointed that the day you got born again, your journey started. And God started saying that, okay, this girl is already born again at this age. By this day, we should be able to show this girl up. So there's a deal of your show off in the spirit. God said the child that was John the Baptist was growing and it became strong until the day. There's a day for your manifestation. The unfortunate thing is that many of us on the day of our manifestation, we are not ready. On the day that God said that by this time, by this time, you should have moved into this. We are not ready. If you look at Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, Verse 11. Look at King James. Hebrews chapter 5, of verse 11. Whom, of whom we have many things to say. We have many things to say. And had to be uttered. And had to be uttered. See ye are dull of hearing. See ye are dull of hearing. For when the time. For when the time, yes. Ye ought to be teachers. That you ought to be teachers. Ye have need that one teacher. You still pain. have need. When it was already time. By this time. By this time. God is saying by this time. You ought to be a teacher. In God's calendar, in God's timetable, he has already programmed that by this time, you ought to be a teacher. He says, by this time, you still need someone to be teaching. He's so disappointed that many of us have refused to grow. And God said, look, time is going. Ah, God said, look, by this time, Tunji, you ought to be a teacher. You ought to be a teacher. We should have given you a class. That this is your class. But, God in his graciousness, programmed it like that. God did not plan that you are going to remain in one class forever. He wants you too to be a teacher. That's your inheritance in Christ. He said, but by the time that ye ought to be a teacher, by our own schedule, by our own plan, you ought to be a teacher by now. You ought to be working by now. You ought to be talking by now. If you give back to a child, by a particular age, you expect that child to start working. Is, this, is that not true? You know, it's different from for different children. Some children don't work but at age six. 
at age six. You have not worked. This is a problem. It's not natural. You can see something like my, my, my second my second daughter Tiwa started working at age seven at age seven months, but she did not speak until two years old. Now, Tinu was already speaking before one. On our on one year old baby, we have to still bless her. We told for, for the governor, we are going to snap her. She's going to snap for one second. Snap her once. Because she couldn't stand. But her younger sister was already working, but couldn't, couldn't talk. You understand what I'm saying? So it might be different for children, but not a child crawling at age six. It's not, it's not normal. This one, there's nothing you can tell me. It's God's time. Which God's time? God's time is what? The God's time. Everything is beautiful in God's time. This is no, this is devil's time. This time has already passed. You use 10 years to study four-year course. You say it's God's time. Which God's time is that? Carry over upon carry over. Even if you graduate, who will dance? So your mates have graduated long time ago. Your mates already graduated. You are here. There are some celebrations that are already expired. Expired celebration. Even if you didn't whatever everything, and so forth. Will Aro. This is your time. You are just doing it now. And you expect us to rejoice with you. The time has passed. Don't say there's a time for every purpose. That means there's a purpose that you can fulfill that is outdated purpose. Events has overtaken the necessity of that purpose. When God gave you that purpose, he was thinking that you would fulfill it at a particular time frame when human beings will need it. You went to fulfill the purpose of discovering gramophone. Gramophone. In 2024, 2024, you discover DSM. When the world is saying AI, events has already overtaken. Are you following my point? There is no call for celebration. It's a useless discovery. So a, a, a person's purpose can become useless. It's a useless purpose because time, there's a time. You should be teaching by now. You should be teaching by now. You should be teaching. You should be doing more than you're doing right now. In God's calendar, in God's time, he's saying, ah, since when you have been, since all this day, since morning, you are sitting here. You are sitting here. Doing what? A grown up. Like when we expect to be teachers, you have need for others to teach you. Have needs. You grow old. I said you grow old by nature, but you grow up. By what? You grow up by what? So you grow old by nature. Whether you like it or not, you're going to grow old. You don't control that one. So you grow old by nature, but you grow up by intention. I said growing old is the passage of time. Growing up is the usage of time. So if you born a baby now, in the next 20 years, both of them, two children, you born them now, in the next 20 years, they'll be how old? 20 years old. You see that? But whether they are grown up will be determined by how two of them have been using their time. If you have used your time to take studies, to go to school, to learn law, to learn medicine, you have used your time to learn civil engineering, to develop a skill, we will know. If you have used your time to play football, and because football is very important thing now, it's in those days, you say, don't play football. Now, one moment, play football. So if you have used your time to get a skill, it will show. So growing up is the passage of time. Sorry, growing old is the passage of time. And growing up is the usage, the right usage. Of time. You also notice that when the Bible says somebody grows up, you say that the person developed strength or waxed strong. Because strength comes by Growing up, as you grow up, you become stronger, not knowledge. And for most of us, the gap is not knowledge. Our generation is full of knowledge. People know so much, like I used to say, full of depths or lack strength. Because strength does not come just by knowledge. Our generation knows so much. We are so full of knowledge that we even undermine the former generation. We make them feel as if they don't know a lot. Pastor David, I used to fast for 40 days. He says, that we don't need all that. <laughs> Christ paid it all. Somebody say, paid it all. Paid it all. <laughs> and 
that's why they are pressing you in the night. That's why they are pressing you in the night. Because Bible says knowledge profit up. Knowledge profit will show that we see a generation that is full of depth but no strength. Full of words but no wit. We are many but not much. You see, the capacity of our numbers don't show because there's no strength. Our generation is full of so much knowledge. So much knowledge. So addicted to knowledge. But we are not ready to grow up. And it is growing up that brings strength. At age 12, Jesus Christ knew everything he needed to know. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 2, help me do more. Verse 46, it says, he was interacting. Give me amplified for this. Interacting with the teachers and the Pharisees. But why didn't God allow Jesus Christ to step into ministry at age 12? Because he knew so much at age 12. In fact, the mother asked him, help me. Do you have it amplified? Luke 2, 46. Yes, read on, let's see. Three days later, they yes. found him in yes. the court of the temple, yes. sitting among the teachers, yes. both listening to them and, and asking, asking them, them questions. questions. Yes. All who heard him were amazed by his All who heard him were amazed. So at age 12, even the religious teachers were like, oh my God, this boy. So talk of knowing the Bible. Jesus knew the Bible at age 12. Why didn't he just go straight and start ministry? What do you want to say next? Help me. We're amazed by his intelligence and his understanding and his answers. Yes. And when they saw him, they were overwhelmed. Yes. And his mother said to him, Yes. Son, yes. why have you treated us like this? Yes. Listen, your father and I have been greatly distressed yes. and anxiously looking, looking for, for you. Yeah, what did you tell them? And he answered, Yes. Why did you have to look for me? Look, that's an age 12. That's a 12 year old boy. Say, Why do you have to look for me? 12 year old. Try not to kidnap his friend. Ah. <laughs> why do you have to look? It's 12 year old. So why are you looking for me? You put a 12 year old child, they can't see his parents, already crying. Jesus, three days, three days, three days, three days. 12 year old boy didn't look for his mommy, didn't look for his daddy, didn't look for food. Was asking questions, answering questions. So talk of intelligence, talk of knowledge at age 12. Jesus had it. Why did God allow us to quickly step into ministry? If it was all about knowledge, he had not grown. He says, Why are you looking for me? Did not did you know I have to be in my father's house? Yes, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? He already knew his purpose in life at age 12. So it was not a knowledge gap. He knew what he came here to do, and he was sure and he was mentally equipped to handle it. Give me that verse 49. What does it say? And he answered, Yes. Why do you have to look for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Verse 50. But they did not understand what he had said to them. Yes. He went down to Nazareth. Now the Bible says he went down to Nazareth. Yes. And was continually submissive. And was continually submissive. And obedient to them. He was, what was, what was you guys doing? Continually submissive. Eh? Continually submissive. Answer me church. He was continually, Jesus, the word of God personified, was continually submissive. You, it's just small Bible, you know, small Bible, you know, you are not the word of God personified, you're just small, just small rev. You cannot obey anybody. Jesus, the Bible says he went where? Where did he go? Down. Somebody says he went down. Jesus went down. So he was on a higher level. He went down with them. Can you go down with us? I was like, who is that ascended? Not him that first descended. He went down. He went down. That was the first time he came. He had already come down from heaven. And he was going to go further down. Some of us are too big for our parents. We know too much. We can't go down. Your level of depth is so high. You're, they are not working at your level. Jesus was not at their level. Even the answer he gave to him, the Bible says they didn't understand it. But he was willing to do what? Go down. And was submissive and obedient to them. This is why some of us have not grown. Is that we will never listen to anybody. Small rev like they always have a retreat. Always retreat. You cannot wash plates. You cannot do anything at all. Man of God. 
20 at all. Jesus, give me what happened next verse. Next verse, what happened to Jesus after that? And after he was submissive to what? And he was obedient to who? What happened to him? He started increasing. He started increasing. He started increasing. Who is it that ascended? If not him, that first descended. He started increasing. Increasing in what? Wisdom. In wisdom. And what? In stature. In stature and what? In favor. And in favor. When the Bible says Jesus Christ was increasing in wisdom. When the Bible says Jesus Christ was increasing in wisdom. It didn't mean that he was wiser today than he was yesterday. Hmm? If the Bible says he increased in wisdom. Did it mean that he was wiser this year than he was last year? Answer me now. You guys know me of increase. Don't know me of increase. That means it was level one wisdom last year. Even though he had a full bank of knowledge, he was not wise. And he began to grow in wisdom. And he began to grow in stature. And he began to grow in favor with God. After he began to be submissive and obedient. My wife and I were went to see Bishop Abbey last week. And he, he spent about one hour with us. And while he was talking, we were writing down everything he was saying. We were writing down everything he was saying. And he took note of how my wife was writing. He had to say, you are a great note taker. My wife said, yes. He said, please, send me these notes. So we had to send him back his own notes. He was even told his peer, tell Philip, make sure you collect that note for me today. We sat down there writing. Some people, nobody can teach them anything. Nobody, nobody on this earth is wise enough. They receive from God straight. Nobody on, on, on this earth can tell them anything. That is the beginning of madness. No, I'm telling I know I'm saying this because I understand what I'm saying. They are not submissive to anybody, they cannot learn from anybody. They receive from God straight. When Jesus appeared to Paul on the way to Damascus, he says, What should you have me do, Lord? He said, Enter the city. It shall be told you what you shall do. Why did Jesus Christ tell Paul everything? God will not tell you everything. There are some things he has to tell you through my mouth. You must listen to me. No matter how much you pray, he will not tell you. If you like pray for 24 years, he will not tell you. Why? He has already told me. And he has told me to tell you. The reason why you will not hear is because you are not submissive. Jethro didn't even have the experience of leadership that Moses had. Moses was leading a whole three million people and was advising everybody one by one, one by one. Jethro came and said, ah, oh boy, you are going to kill yourself. Appoint leaders, appoint people that will help you. And Moses went to God and said, yes, go and do what Jethro said. After spending 40 days of prayer and fasting before you, you cannot even tell me, Lord, God said, go and do what Jethro be submissive. Be submissive. You don't know it all. Some of us, our friends can't tell you anything. Our mothers cannot, our friends, nobody, even your pastor cannot, you know. That's why you fell into a wrong relationship. I saw you. I didn't talk. I knew we were going to cry. I saw you. I saw how you were going there. I knew you were going to come with premium tears because I saw your posture. Your posture was not the one of one that came to ask for my permission. You came to tell me for my information. And a pastor, I know different between the two. I know when you're asking me, Pastor, should I? And Pastor, I have. You have told me I have already entered a relationship. I said, hey, girl, we know your type. I've told my assistant that they should buy handkerchiefs in the office. You start crying. Excuse me, please. It went and increased. Why? He submitted to his parents. It was after David was anointed a king in the midst of his brethren that he went back to be taken of his fellowship. After, after he was anointed king, you had the, it was the same person that anointed Saul that anointed David. After he was done, he picked his shepherds back and went back into the bush. Some people cannot go back to the bush. Level has changed. It was after he was anointed king that he was called 
to come and be playing music for the mad king on the throne. This king is a mad king. This king is sitting on his throne. He is aware. You understand? And yet he was going to sit down there and be playing music for, for Saul's madness. After he was anointed. It was after his anointing that his father could call him and send him on an and say, please carry bread and uh, beans and all this to your brothers. He didn't say, ah, daddy, I'm just having some, I'm having a seven day retreat right now. I will not be able to see you, man, please. It was after he was anointed. Can you be anointed and still see on your assignment? Can God anoint you and keep you where he, where he met you? Can you stay there? Can you stay there and save even though you're anointed? Can you be anointed and save? Can you be anointed and save? He was, so, he was the son of God. He was the word of God. He knew more than everyone. He had to go down with them. And the Bible says he was willing to do that. Willing, obedient to do that. Right? Now to run this through. The three keys to spiritual growth. One, right diet. Two, exercise. I'm going to run this through now. I'll teach you on this on Tuesday. I'll run this through now. See, my time is already up. Right diet, exercise, and fellowship. I'm going, to, I'm going to expatiate this more on Tuesday. We're not having service. We're having service online on Tuesday. Services. Media, I'm just telling you. I'm sorry. I just got to know yesterday. We're having service online. We're not having service here on Tuesday. Service online, YouTube. Online on Tuesday. Right? Right diet, please don't come here and say, because you're not paying attention, that's why you're not here. Let me say it again. We're not having service here this Tuesday. We're having service online because they're having a, they're having a program for this fasting. So they, they told us and, and appealed to us that we should do this. And then we cannot agree with them because they don't appeal to us. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> so we have three stages of growth. So we have three key spiritual growth, right diet, Please know the word right diet, exercise, fellowship. Then there are three stages of growth. We have babyhood stage, we have childhood stage, and we have manhood stage, right? Maturity, matured manhood stage. So we have babyhood stage, we have, we have childhood stage, and we have matured stage, right? So on the babyhood stage, we have, you know, three other stages. I'm just going to run through it, like I said, fast, especially on it better next next teaching. We all have born babies. All of us. All of us. Who was born an adult here? Everyone born babies. All of us. Everyone here born a baby. And that's what happens in the spirit. When you are born in Christ, you are born a baby. A baby has no past. Eh? Are you listening to me? A baby has no past. No matter what you have done in the past, you have no past. Though. You have no past. I want to say it very clearly now. That it is not restitution that saves us. It is Jesus. Alright? So, trying to go on. The wages of sin is death, not undoing. You cannot undo what you have already done. The wages of sin is death. When God caught Adam and Eve, said, okay, okay, let's vomit the, let's vomit the fruit. You cannot vomit it. You get my point? What is done is done. Somebody had to die to pay for this sin. Alright? So, you can't go back to your past. I'm going to emphasize this more, you know, in, our, in my next sermon. You can't go back to your past. As a child, you are, you are born a baby in Christ, but God doesn't want you to return, remain a baby. Now, there are three keys you have to notice about babies. The first key is innocence. Innocence. The baby is innocent. You see, baby, oh, you cute little thing. Oh, cute. Innocence. The baby doesn't know left from their right. It's just innocence. And as beautiful as that is, it becomes a problem because the next point is the baby is ignorant. The baby is innocent. The baby is ignorant. The child in Christ is innocent. Then because it's innocent, it becomes ignorant. It becomes naive. And it's dangerous. Now, if you have a baby here, and for those who grew up in houses, you have children, a child, anything a child picks, what does it do with it? Strain his mouth. He picks a cockroach, strain his mouth. Picks a screw, picks a nail, strain his mouth. Everything a child picks from the floor. And that's why if you have a crawling child at home, you have to keep the ground free and clean all the time. You have to be watching out. What's your mouth? What's your mouth? What's your mouth? What's your mouth? One day my daughter picked up something, put it in her mouth. You know, hey, what's that? Is that okay? Hey, hey. Like, and children have died like that. Because they ate poison, they ate something went to their system. And so what you know about a child, a baby, is that a baby will put everything they see into their mouth. And that's the truth with babies in Christ. Everything they see, they put in their mouth. 
every new doctrine. They put in their mouth. There's a new wave in town. There's a new person in town who's doing all this, who's doing all that. They immediately pick it and they put it into their mouth. Fast, they take it. This is what we're doing now. Everybody rush there. Everybody go there. The God is doing something new syndrome. Can I announce to you that God is not doing anything new? Calm down. Nothing new is coming. There's nothing we are doing here now that has not happened before. There's nothing God is doing with you. He says, it's, it's stupid arrogance. Arrogance. You think that God is doing something with you that you haven't done with anybody before. You don't know anything. Have you caught that fire? What's God doing with you? You know, sometimes our generation, our generation is so funny. We just go about posting pictures, seeing that we're doing something very spectacular. If you know what human beings have done. Have you parted the rest? You know, when people fall under the anointing, people say, hey, it's something, it's not new. People find out anything from the days of Catherine Kuma, from the days of Mira Wudotheta, Alexander Dowie, from the days of Charles Parham, William Seymour. People laugh in the spirit from the days of Kenneth Higgins. People, some people laugh in the spirit. People laugh in the spirit from the days of Rodney Howard. From what people have done, there's not, God can be doing something new in your life. He's not doing anything new in his word. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is, he has done anything he's going to ever do. And the reason why people fall into all kinds of, you know, wrong doctrines and problems is that they are so addicted to the new. Somebody comes to the new information, hypergrace, everybody blows into it. Even Jesus did not come to change the old. He came to fulfill the old. He says, you thought I came to break the old? No, I didn't come to do that. I came to fulfill the old. There's nothing new. The Old Testament and the New Testament are the same thing. The New Testament and the Old Testament unveiled. I've told you that before. Don't be addicted. A baby picks up everything and throws it into their mouth. Be careful what you read. Be careful what you swallow. Be careful what you check on the internet. It may destroy your spiritual health. I tell you the truth. And it's not just secular things. Even things of the spirit. Spiritual things. Things of the spirit. Are you following my point? Like one of my friends in school those days, my, he, had, he had so many books in his library. And amazing guy, when we were on the level, I used to go to his library to pick up books. And for those who went to Bath Mayor Law University, they might, they might know this. This is some of my even go on the internet. So somebody who they might be able to confirm or corroborate this point. There was not a wave of the prophetic. One illiterate man just found his way to our campus space and began to give prophecy and began to call people together and began to create all my friends just wrote it all my friends people started no, they started doing realms and dimensions and then and portals and they were beginning to <laughs> and they were going to go easy all these depths and go deeper and go deeper you are going to lost you know and they go deeper and all this, they were just doing all this stuff and we I just, this is not safe this is not safe. You know, there was just something inside me that said, this is not safe. You see, young children refuse to go back home. People refuse to go home to their, meet their parents. People stay back. I'm praying. I'm praying. I saw my friends when I was praying at night. I'm praying at night all by myself. And I saw him coming with five girls. Five girls. And they were praying. To him. And the girls were so tired. They were resting on him. And they were, they were just going on long hours of prayers. And long. And they were saying they were entering realms. And entering portals. And doing deep things in the Lord. And I was saying, there are some portals you enter, you will not come out. I'm telling you, and I mean it. Be careful. The word of God is enough. So this guy, he started to mix, and one day, which was when I came to his house, one day I saw he was eating rice with okra soup. So when I saw that, I, I was curious. I said, what is this? And he said, he said, these are deeper things that you can understand. So I got really curious. So what's going on? Sit down, my friend. What's going on? Then I said, Philip, you have not heard. I said, said, there's a new thing going on on campus. There's a guy, you know, he's so strong in the prophetic. And uh, yeah, this guy, this guy, castle guy too. I mean, that, that guy, if I say something he said, I can't say that because of our, the sanctity of our own state, our altar. He, he decided, they would say, in, in, in the prayer meetings, somebody can just bring a cube of sugar like this. I said, on every, on every drop of sugar, I see nine billion angels. When, when it says that, that, there's an aura. 
People are beginning to, to see things. Ah, brother, you're not seeing things. You need to pray more. You are not thirsty enough. You need to get thirsty. You need to get hungry. You need to get thirsty. And you know, they began to do all this. And I, and I said, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. We're young, young children. You see my point? When you invest in young people, and they might be in campuses, some of those guys tell you, they never remain the same. Some of those women lost a lot of things. Emotional, all kinds of We go to their meetings. I didn't go to any of them, but the people that came, I said, ah, is this what you are discussing in these meetings? This is dangerous. This is dangerous. I can't say some of the things that they said because, like I said, it's something of our own altar here. But you want to show this, my friend? You know, it's not as popular as it is now. This person is, is, is colored gold this morning. But in those days, I'm talking about um, 2005, six, gold air was not raining. You understand? So, so I just saw that he had refused to wear, to wash his clothes. So, you know, and it's all rare that you're already washed by the washing of water. By the word. If you believe the word enough, you go full length. Why are you washing? Why are you washing? Jesus Christ already washed you. Some people can even say that, I'm, I mean, it was terrible. So, I saw that he had dyed his hair gold. He had left his hair dyed his beard. It was just, so one day I got really concerned. I said, my friend, you know, something is wrong. He was not going to classes anymore. They were always praying, always praying, always there praying. I was very bothered. This is my friend. You know, it's my friend. You get my point? If it's someone else, I didn't know. I won't be, I mean, I didn't know the person. But it's my friend. I mean, we sat down together, we share gospel together. Something is wrong. You've taken in something that's not right. But at that time, his level was too high for me. You see? He looks at me like this, that. You don't know much. That's and that's how mad people see normal people. See when mad people are going, they think that normal people they are not they are not they are not seeing things. They are seeing things, but they have problem. They are mad. If everybody else is the problem, then you are the problem. So you know what happened? I came and said to him. He said Jesus told me to do this, Philip. I said there's no way Jesus. He said, Jesus already told me you would say that. Check what? Check, I mean, jackpot. Check whatever. Check, eh? check me, what am I going to say? That's how this guy ran mad, left school. What? Somebody brought a doctrine. A new doctrine. That's how God doesn't want you to remain a babe. He wants to be able to discern. You see that? Maturity comes with being able to discern. This is right. Forget what people are saying. Forget the crowd. Forget the number. Forget how people are flooding around the person. Not everything you see that is popular is godly. And you have to be careful. Children flow around like that. A new church comes into town. People leave their churches and flow to the church. I'm wondering. You're a baby. You're a baby. You're a baby. What's happening? Hey, that man is deep. So what about your pastor? He's shallow. What about your pastor? What about someone who's taught you all this while? He's now shallow. Because the guy is so deep. Give me first Corinthians 3 verse 1. We'll end it. For the 3, 1, my time is up. So deep. And that's what the Corinthian church had. So much knowledge, but no weight. First Corinthians 3, 1. What does it say? I, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Our mic is not working, Uncle Joe. Even as unto babes. They are babies. I couldn't speak to you as mature people because you are carnal. A baby Christian is a carnal Christian, forever puppy. Stay baby. Stay old babies. Old, grown-up babies. Even as unto babes. Verse 2, help me. I have fed you with milk. I fed you with milk. And not with and meat. Not with meat. For it at all, you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Verse 3, help me. For ye are yet carnal. You are carnal. For whereas there is among whereas you. Whereas among you envy. And strife. And division. We are so, so, so. We are that, that, that. Our church is this, this, this. Our church is. Love will never bring division. You know, before I come to church most times. And this is secret. Before I come to church most times. Before I come to SLC most times. I've already, I've already attended first service leading to it. My wife is to say that you pastor SLC, but you are ten winners. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. It's childish. Envy. Strife. 
gossip. Childish. How do you know a child? Very, very table. Any small thing affect the child. The child can cry. Small eat, start crying. Small cold, start crying. Collect the bottle, start crying. Collect the pacifier, start crying. That's a child. Ignorant. And God doesn't want to remain children. Or a baby. He wants you to grow up. There's so much I would have loved to share, but my time is up. He wants you to grow up. Stop being ignorant. You know, a church came into town some, some years ago. And when they called for workers' meeting, volunteer meeting, they called for a meeting here in town. The entire place was over 3,000 people. Do you know what that means? Do you know what it means to, that a church comes into town, into the city, and calls for volunteers? And over 3,000 people were on ground. Where were those 3,000 people before? What churches were there? Are you following my point? Because for some, you can't tell me that those guys were newly saved. Because a newly saved person wouldn't volunteer for service. Get my point? So those guys were active church members somewhere who are babies. The Bible says, tossed to and fro by every weight. How would you grow if you don't stay? If you, don't, if you plant a seed, the seed has to stay there to grow. How will you grow? Are you following my point? If every time I plant, I go check it. I uproot it, go plant somewhere else. I go check it. I'm not satisfied. I uproot, go plant somewhere else. Then when will my seed grow? When will my seed grow? When will you grow if you don't stay stuck? If you can't in a church like that, attend a church like this, you cannot stay. You are, you are running church like shit. Like you are a nurse. Two weeks on, two weeks off. And we have to pursue you everywhere. We cannot see, Mr. Palaka, you cannot see, say, my friend, my friend say, one church, let's go and see the place. Now, you are, you are a spiritual adopter. You are, you are going everywhere. Every church, every new church. Ignorance. A child, everything a child takes, throws straight into his mouth. And it's poisonous. People have died. Have people died? Children have died. Babies have died because they ate the wrong food. Because they ate the wrong food. I want to charge you this morning as I round up my service. It's time for you to grow. It's time for you to grow. You have remained a baby for so long. There's a time. There's a time. There's a time that God is coming to check you. Because he has something in stock for you. He has an inheritance for you. He has something he has planned for you. And he wants you to walk into it. And right now, but as passionate as he is with that thing, he cannot hand it over to you. Because you have not grown enough to be able to handle it. I want you to bow down your heads and say, Lord, help my heart this morning. Help my heart. Lord Jesus. Help me. Ancient Lord, to bow down your heads and say, Lord, help me grow. Help me grow. Help me grow. Help me grow. Help my prayer life. Help my word life. There's a time. He says, by now, you ought to be teachers. By now, you ought to be in God's calendar, in God's timing. You ought to be teachers. By now, you should have grown. You have stayed a baby too long. You have stayed a baby too long. 
Pray. Come on, come on, pray. I'm giving you two more minutes. Kaba Pratoskiata. You stay the baby too long. You stay the baby too long. Help me grow. Help me grow. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.